Hey, it's Paulette again, and I'm honored to bring you another episode here on the Thriving in Chaos Project, now in its fourth season. I bring you resilient survivors, key resources, and experts in their fields to lighten the load and shine a light on the path forward from confusion to conclusion through all things divorce and transformation. So let's get started. I'm hosting a retreat in Belize. Some of you may know, but I used to live there. And Belize is a melting pot of culture that carries over into the food, the music, and the fun. It is the best of both vibes from jungles to ground you and beaches to heal and soothe. I lived there for many years and go back and forth between there and Atlanta because I can't get enough. My co-host, Tiara, visited me and didn't want to leave either. No one does. This is paradise, folks. My co-host here and I chatted about the perfect all-inclusive location for you ladies that are going through a pivot in your life and need to reset, renew, and rebuild, and we nailed it. We kick off with a three-day adventure in the luxurious eco-resort Kapal Tree in the southern Belize jungle, followed by three luxurious days on Thatch K Island, a private island over water oceanfront oasis in the turquoise Caribbean along the Belize Barrier Reef. Whether you're going through or just coming out of a divorce, especially with a narcissist, a career change, or you just want to get back to the parts of you that you haven't seen in a while, we are talking to you. Make note, May 4th to the 10th, 2024, and start packing. Space is very limited on the private island and in the jungle. Be sure to act now. We have a passion for leading truly transformational healing events from heart-opening, accessible guided meditations to connection-based life-changing tools and practices. We curate each moment with care and compassion to ensure every lady is taken care of from the initial registration to the final namaste. It's better in Belize. Welcome back to the Thriving in Chaos Project with your host, Paulette Rigo. I am here to give you and present to you some expert advice from all walks of the divorce process. And I'm doing a series right now, and lucky you, you have found number seven. A little bit of a recap. There's really no order here. There's no priority of which one's more egregious, which one I don't see very often. I see them all. So maybe you grab your notebook and pen and sit down and take a listen and make sure that you are you know, stepping into this with wisdom and dignity because mistakes in divorce are costly and damaging, time-consuming, and oh, so exhausting. We're going to jump in right away to number seven, getting involved in a new relationship 
too soon. Ooh, you know, dating may sound like a fresh start and it can be, but not before both spouses have really come to terms with the marriage dissolving and coming to an end. And the children are aware of or somewhat accepting of the next chapter for their parents. Now, some divorces happen quickly. Uh, my goodness, I just want, I just uh, did a mediation and from start to finish from the day I met them to the day they received their divorce decree back from uh, the settlement offer and you know, signed papers from the court, it was 43 days. Yes, you did hear that correctly. Now, mine was eight and a half years and I think I've met two people that have had cases longer than mine. Now, there's no bragging rights in divorce, so this is not a competition. So what does that look like? You know, if you're a 42 days, you know, I mean, my goodness, um, you know, that's a, that is a world's record, I think. I'm not bragging or claiming it actually is, but in my world, it is. So the average divorce now is taking, ooh, you know, six months, 18 months, somewhere in there in a litigated case. You know, if you're able to mediate and you're not litigating, well, that's a different statistic. But, you know, the average litigated divorce is taking somewhere between, you know, eight to 18 months, somewhere in there. So, depending on where you live, in a rural area, suburban, urban, that might have a lot to do with it and how backed up the courts are. But overall, it's a time-consuming process. Now, if the parties are still cohabitating and there has been a mutually agreed upon decision that the marriage, in fact, is A, dysfunctional, not working, damaging, abusive, whatever we want to label it. And both parties are saying, you know, hey, we've gone to therapy. We've talked about this. It doesn't seem to be getting better. It's not going anywhere. Uh, we're going to have to come up with some sort of solution here for living arrangements. Are we going to cohabitate? Is one party moving out? Is the other party moving out? Are the parents going to take turns nesting, as it's called, so the children stay in the household and the parents can swap and go back and forth? This conversation is not about co-parenting plans or you know, schedules of, of what that might look like. But if you're able to do that, then you could see how perhaps uh, dating could be more or less challenging than not. If one of the parties has already moved out and moved on, and the parties are really living separate lives, even though you're technically and financially still connected, the marriage is still intact in the eyes of the court, in the eyes of the law. You're still married until you're not married. So then the conversation starts to move in the direction of when is it too early to start dating? Now, for some people, they jump right back into the fire. And I have some clients that are divorced years and they are still not even considering it. There are many different reasons why that may be the case. Family, different opinions and judgments of outside entities, work, travel, religion, culture, 
finances, age of children, fear. Don't get me started here. I could keep going. But whatever the reasons are, it's a highly personal decision. I have a good friend and peer that I met many years ago. Her name is Jennifer Hurwitz, and she's an expert in dating after divorce. So this lecture here, this masterclass, this mini workshop is not about dating after divorce. The mistake is getting involved in a new relationship too soon. Again, you know, dating may sound like a fresh start, and for some it can, but let's do a little litmus test here as to what the definition of a new relationship is. Is it okay to have dinner with someone? Is it okay to, you know, socialize in a group and, and have friends and get out there and meet people and maybe have a date? I say, and you know, Jennifer may disagree with me, yes, I don't want you locked in your house, in your room as a hermit and trying to move past the pain and the fear and the confusion and perhaps even abandonment where you feel that the relationship coming to an end has done you such harm that you cannot regain your self-confidence and your self-respect to jump back in the game and the dive back in the pool of dating. Dating has changed significantly since the advent of online dating sites. You know, there's the online dating sites and then there's the online dating sites. Again, I digress on those. I believe that she suggests you use several and have a really good platform and be very honest. Uh, if you are, in fact, going to start dating or even entertaining the idea of dating, dating, it is vital that a person that you consider dating knows that you're going through a divorce. Some divorces last years, and the idea of not dating, socializing during that part could be really sad and daunting for someone. Others, it's terrifying. Much of that depends on are you the person that initiates the divorce, or is your partner the one that has initiated the divorce? Are you both congruent and walking down that path together about? making a new fresh start by coming to an end with this relationship for the betterment of both parties, both financially and for the children, so that you're both able to move past the fear. Much of the decision also could be based on your age. If you get married at 20 and you're now, you've been married 15, 20 years and you're only 40 years old, you might say, well, my goodness, especially if a woman has not had children, she's probably going to want to jump in the dating game a lot sooner than if someone is, you know, doesn't get married till they're in their late 20s or 30s, they've been married, a long-term relationship, they now find themselves single, divorced at the, in their 60s, late 50s, 60s, early 70s, and they're saying, oh, I have not been single in years in decades literally 
And the fear of putting yourself out there with a photograph and a profile and a dating site is exhausting and terrifying. And you may need a divorce coach and a dating coach to help you get clear on what are the advantages and disadvantages of dating too soon. Now, this mistake that I'm pointing out isn't so much about dating, but it's about cohabitating, sharing finances, really jumping into a new relationship, vacationing, sharing rent, sharing a home, really commingling your life together while you're still already commingled in a marriage. I never suggest you do that. So can you find a happy balance between being married and never dating anyone until this uh, paper is signed from the court and maybe you've been single for two or three years and then you're going to start to think about dating? That's going to that's going to be much harder to get back into the game. Uh, You want to ease your way into the dating scene slowly, carefully, wisely, and make sure that you really know that your why is firmly established. Is it so you're not alone? Is it so that you want to have children? Is it because you just don't know how to cope with being single. You've never been single. Uh, You went right from relationship to relationship to relationship and bam, well, I'm getting divorced. I might as well try that again. Everyone is different. My advice to you here is getting involved in a deep, commingled, cohabitated, intertwined relationship without dissolving the other one first. And most importantly, is to be very aware and sensitive of the children. If the person you're dating now is also divorced and has children of their own, now the children have, well, step-siblings and a step-parent, not on paper, not in reality, but slowly easing into that. And that is hard. And that takes compassion and that takes sensitivity towards both sets of families and both sets of children. And doing a little bit of research about what it means to be a step parent. Being a step parent is no easy task. You are really there to be a support for your new partner, not to replace or in any way interfere in parenting skills and parenting of your new partner's children from their previous marriage. It is a complicated subject and one that requires a lot of thought, careful consideration, and sensitivity. Some children adjust to divorce quicker and more, uh, less drama, less confusion than others. Others really take it personal. They see the divorce as their fault or something they may have been able to prevent. If they'd only made their bed, did their homework and didn't yell, those things may be may seem very superficial, but to a young child and a preteen and a teen, 
they truly feel a sense of anguish with the fact that their parents, their mother and father, are no longer a unit. And that is a uh, slow and steady uh, new role that needs to be introduced to the children at their own individual time. I always suggest in a divorce that the children not be introduced to anyone new until at least six months into the divorce or after the divorce. Much of that depends on how long the divorce is taking. And that is something I suggest you see a, a juvenile or children's therapist for and a family therapist for. With that said, you've got to know that the divorce is going to take time. And balancing your current marriage with the new definition and the way the new family unit looks, what does it look like? Are the children going to stay in the marital home? Will the marital home be sold? Will both parties go their separate ways and live within a drivable distance from one another. I always suggest nothing more than an hour. Half an hour is ideal so that the parents can really have separate lives and privacy, but yet it's still commutable. With that, notice the emotions of the children. Are they sleeping? Are they eating? Are they happy? Are they content? Yeah, you know, especially if you're teenagers, it's not going to be smooth sailing because, well, that's what it's like raising teenagers, even in a perfect marriage. Notice there were some air quotes there. It's going to be a challenge. So be sensitive about involving yourself and your children and perhaps a potential new uh, partner's children in a relationship too soon. Keep it separate. Keep it light. Enjoy each other's company. It's nice to have camaraderie, support, a real listening partner, a thinking partner. And also be careful not to use that dating partner for advice. They've got their own agenda regarding you being single again, particularly if they really, you know, feel like this relationship may have potential. So be very careful. Getting involved can be detrimental. Until next time, we will jump into yet another mistake I commonly see in divorce. So be very careful when you make smart choices, discern, and reason. And knowing that reasoning and acting with wisdom is how you, in fact, get through it. So thriving, not surviving. I'll see you next time. Keep thriving. Thanks for joining me today. If you were inspired by today's episode, please share it with a friend or a loved one. My hope is you feel empowered to take some action, no matter how big or small. Action that allows you to step out of the chaos and thrive on your own terms. If this podcast added any value to your day, please review it on iTunes, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Until next time, keep thriving in the chaos.